0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. It's great to be with you as we worship the Lord together in person and online. And it's so great to be with the Holy Spirit's presence, strongly felt and known. He is so good to us, isn't he? I'm so grateful for him. And uh, where would with we be without him? man? I can tell you, but we won't go there. Let's see where God's got us right now. Been being challenged in God's Word. In the last few weeks, we've been talking about and declaring what God says to us about being a holy people. So, whenever we talk about that, I know that it's an uncomfortable topic. Not that we want to avoid those uncomfortable topics, but we're uncomfortable because of the fact that, you know, we see ourselves, we know ourselves, the people around us know us. And if we were going to ask for a witness around us to say, hey, tell everybody I'm holy we probably wouldn't get a lot of volunteers to shout that out for us, so we're not going to do that, so just relax, okay? But we are looking at some things that God clearly says to us, and therefore, if God is saying something to us, we need to listen. And whether we like it or not, it's still truth, okay? And so I can tell you from personal experience in my life as I've walked with God through this journey, being a pastor for over 30 years, I've served God for a long time now, thankfully, um, But as I've read God's Word, there are certain things that it says that I would kind of just read over because I didn't know how to process them. I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I like the parts that I know and I feel comfortable with, and then the parts that I'm uncomfortable with or I maybe don't understand fully or maybe don't want to, I kind of read over and get to the points that I like, and I understand, and that I do, because I'd rather read about the stuff I do than the stuff I don't, especially when it's God's Word, and God's the one saying it, because I want to be accepted by Him, and therefore, if God says something about a standard He has for me, and I'm not meeting that standard, I have a problem, not God, And therefore, I need my understanding changed, and I need God to do something in me so that Dave can begin to understand and be what God says I need to understand and be. And that sometimes has been different. Well, not, it's not, yeah, sometimes it's been different than what I was told that it was, that I was taught that it was, and that I even heard in church. So now, I'm not saying I got my own thing going on. No, I'm saying that some of the teaching I received in church wasn't actually in line with what God's Word actually says and what the Holy Spirit reveals in His Word. And therefore, I had accepted that God and that truth, and it wasn't that truth because it was projecting a different God than who He really is. And now, as we come back to this and we say, Do you know, church, that the word of God tells us that we have to be a holy people? I'm asking a question. I wanted a response besides from Eric. You know, God's word says that, right? I mean, we read the verses. So if God says, You are my holy people. God is making a declaration over the people who have said yes and accepted Christ as their Savior and entered into relationship with him. He says, you are now my holy people. Now, we can be comfortable with that part where God says that we're holy because he's God, but he doesn't stop there. He said, you must live holy, and now all of a sudden, we have this thing hitting our brain that's like, wait a minute. It's this huge stumbling block in our mind and our lives, because we live in a broken world with a bunch of broken people, with a bunch of broken messages, and I'm sitting here listening to all this stuff, and I'm being bombarded every day with what's messed up, what's wrong, what's broken, that their life is screwed up, and I mean, I'm not talking about anybody here, so just relax. They were all in the 9-15 service. You guys, no. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am just kidding. All right, but so like when people come to me, they don't come to me and say, I want you to know everything is so amazing and right in my life today. My relationships are awesome. My job is great. God is good. Everything is going amazing. No, they're coming over. And I don't mean this wrong. Please hear this. See, we're bombarded with this garbage all the time. And we come in and we're like, you know, uh, if you don't mind, you could pray for me because this is what's wrong, this is a problem, this is an issue, this is what's going on. I'm talking about in the church. I'm not talking about out there in the world. I'm saying us. Please pray. This is what's jacked up. We've been going through a whole week of everything being told to us is jacked up. If you don't know what that means, it means like it's not good. All right, so all right so the message out there is constantly saying everything's broken whoa we're in trouble and then we live with people and it's like whoa they're broken and they think the same thing of us of course right so then we're like in this whole mess and then you come to church on sunday and this guy gets up on the platform and says be holy (laughs) and we're all like "Woo, yeah man no it's like oh come on man can you just talk about something different We'd rather not talk about that because it's uncomfortable. So as we look at what God actually says to us, you need to understand that no matter who I am or what I am, God's word is truth and who he is is real. And I shared with them and I've said it before, you know, you can look at me and you can think whatever you want of me. It doesn't matter because what we're going to talk to you about is God's word and it's his truth and you need to hear it whether you want to hear it or not, whether you like me or not. It doesn't matter. For real. So listen, this is God's word. And so like in the Old Testament, God spoke through a jackass, a donkey, a a literal animal, right? And he spoke to a man and said, why are you doing this? You need to stop it. You're about to die. I mean, I'm translating the message, but that was the message. And the dude's like whooping on his donkey and he's like, who are you? He said, have I ever done anything wrong to you in the past? No, no, you've been good at all this. He's like, there's an angel right there and he's gonna kill you. <laughs> all right, so God spoke through a jackass, then he can do it today. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. The messenger, it's the message you need to hear. Yeah. Okay, and I am giving you a message from God that will save your life. Thank you. God is good to his word. You need to hear Him. Just ignore me. Hear Him. It's not this, it's not, it's not as complicated as we've made it, as I've made it, as we've made it, as the church has made it. But it's like as soon as we hear certain words, we feel overwhelmed. And so when we've been hearing this messed up message all week long from the whole world and everybody around us, we come in and we already have been programmed to think through the process of that brokenness instead of thinking through the process of God's wholeness and so what we need to do today is ask the Holy Spirit like we've been praying and singing to him to give us understanding of God what do you mean when you tell me I have to be holy I want to know what God means because he's what matters what does God mean when he says, I'm holy, you be holy? What is that? Well, I did warn Brooklyn before I said this uh, in the first service. I warned her when she was standing there, and I was up on the platform. It's like, I'm going to say your name. Don't freak out. All right, so I'm saying that because sometimes I've, you know, made mention of people in the service, and um, yeah, they're like, Well. What? I'm not revealing anything bad, all right? Just relax. So this is the deal. We're talking to her and trying to help her a little bit in some situations in her life. And I said to her, you know, we have to talk about setting goals. And uh, everybody talks about setting goals, right? But they have to be realistic and reachable. Yep. They can't be like something way out there, like crazy. So if we set a goal that is unattainable and unreachable, we're never even gonna try. And we know inside of ourselves. Like, I'm never gonna do that, but we say it because we're supposed to. So I know this to be a fact. Businesses, corporations and things, they always have people set goals, right? And so at the beginning of the new year, the new fiscal year, whatever the the business is running on, they're like, you know, we want to see your goals. So everybody has to write these things out and send them in because you're required to. And so you put these goals out there, and the way you write the goals is what they want to hear. (laughs) Because you're wanting to perform the way they want you to, and they want to hear what they want to hear. So I'm writing up my goals, and even as I'm writing these goals, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about corporate, the world around us, we're writing up goals that we know we'll never do. (laughs) And the fact of the matter is most people never revisit their goals until November. And the reason they revisit them in November is because their bosses write to them and say, hey, we're coming to the end of the year. Remember, we're gonna talk about your goals. Where are they? And so everybody goes in and pushes delete and (laughs) redoes their goals. It happens. I mean, I'm sorry to reveal this if it's you, but I'm saying a lot of people do that. They rewrite their goals because they're gonna have to give a report. And when they give the report, they wanna look like they did it even though they didn't. What they're doing is they're writing a goal of their actual life. Now they've got 11 months of reality to look back on and say, nowhere near what I said I'd do. This is what I actually did. I got one month left, so let's like make it right here. And then I can stand in front of them in January and say, met every one of my goals. And they'll be like, yay for you. Really? Okay. So this is the thing. We set goals that are unattainable for ourselves. And so when we look at this and we hear the words like God saying, I am holy, therefore you, my people must be holy. You must live holy. We're like unattainable, unreachable. We need to rewrite that one. (laughs) There's gotta be something there that we could reach because I feel like that is a unattainable thing. So when I say to you guys, like I set a goal for myself that by this coming Friday, and I'm talking about whatever it is, May 6th or something, whatever it is, 5th, that I'm going to ride a bicycle up Mount Lemon. <laughs> all right? Now I want to just share some truth and background to that. I don't own a bike. All right, and I have a bicycle. And I have not even ridden a bicycle except I think one time in 20 plus years and that was my granddaughter's little BMX type bike around the yard when I was showing her how to ride, right? So I've pedaled my bike, a bike, in the last 20 plus years, probably 55 feet total. <laughs> so I'm telling you, I'm gonna ride up Mount Lemon by Friday. And everybody laughed the first time I said it, which I'm a little bit hurt by that, just so you know. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, it is a joke. That's impossible. When I have not even been on a bike and I've not trained for it, I'm not gonna go over there and ride all the way to the top of Mount Lemon. That's ridiculous. Yep. And so we're like, okay, well, good luck with that, right? Yep. I ride up Mount Lemon in, hopefully my motorcycle is my number one desire to go up there, but I've ridden vehicles up there as well, and I drive by the people on their bicycles, and I'm like, why? (laughs) (laughs) I got cool air blowing in my face. I wind my windows down. I push a pedal or pull a throttle, and like on my bike, I can even set my cruise where I don't even have to strain my wrist, (laughs) and I can just get there, and I look at them, and they're like, and I go up there, have coffee, eat pizza, go have a cookie, and drive back down, and they're still going, you know, like, good luck. I hope you make it. <laughs> See, like, to me, that's like, that's insane. I mean, it's not, but to me, it is, right? Okay, so now when I say, hey, God just said you're supposed to live a holy life, and we're like, you're crazy. That's like paddling up Mount Lemon, and I don't get it. I can't do that. Now, if I said to you guys, like, hey, I'm gonna ride my motorcycle up there this week and probably, I'm gonna set a goal that I'm gonna ride my motorcycle up Mount Lemmon by Friday, you wouldn't have laughed. You would be like, okay, good for you, whatever. Because you know I can do it. Because only effort is that. And it can happen. But guess what? It takes more than that to ride up Mount Lemmon. I have to make a plan. It's gotta be on what day? Do you know how much time it takes? Do you have that much time this week? Are you going to do that? Are you going to put it on your calendar right now? Because I've been telling people I'm going to do something for several weeks now. Several of you, I've been saying things like that too. Like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and it doesn't get done. Yeah. And it's there, and I'm going to do it, but it never happens. And it's not going to happen until I actually say, we're going to do this, and it's going to happen this day. I'm putting it in my reminders. If I don't put it in my reminders, I'm just telling you right now, it's not happening. <laughs> okay, so I'm putting it in my reminders. put putting it on the calendar, because the next thing I know, somebody else is going to call me or text me and say, hey, this is going on Thursday at 10 a.m., and I need you to be a part of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I was supposed to be riding up Mount Lemmon at 9.30. Oh, Well, that can't happen now, but that's okay. I'll just move on. I'll get to it. Okay, church, so this is what God says to us right now. No matter where you are, what you've got on your calendar, or no matter what you think you know or you have been taught, God says you have to be my holy people. So when we read that in the Word of God, He says, In the Scripture, God tells us, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus 19, 1 Peter 1:16. We've shared those verses over the past couple weeks, and as we read those words, we feel that conviction, that unattainable, that look at like seriously, I need somebody to just pick me up and drive me up there. God does. I want you to know today that God's not leaving you to pedal up the mountain alone. <laughs> He's so good. God says that He wants us to be holy and he's going to pick us up and take us to the top of the mountain because he's amazing. Listen to what God's word says, church. This is in Matthew 5:48. I'm going to share this with you. I did not, again, I, somebody came up after the last week's message and said to me like, uh, you know, when you were preaching, I, I heard this, I had just read this verse and it freaks me out. And I'm like, look, I want you all to know this. It's going to freak you out more than that verse of Be holy just so you know. The verse I'm about to read is gonna freak you out worse. Jesus is speaking these words. We can't deny it. It's God's word. And this is what he says in Matthew 5, 48. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Uh Uh-oh. He's telling me I have to be like God. And you are to be this way. All right, so aren't you glad you came to church? (laughs) I mean, it's like, seriously, when I hear that, I'm like, Lord, how in the world? I've been being told all week that I'm terrible. I've heard it, I've seen it. The messages are like, we're all doomed everything's collapsing around us everything's in failure mode and I look at my life and I see myself in the mirror and I'm like I see failure mode again and I hear this challenge and it's so unrealistic to me I've never been holy I've never been perfect I can't get anybody to come up to me and say I just want you to know you're perfect (laughs) have you ever had that happen to you Yes, when someone was lying to you and wanted something, probably. But let's talk about what God says. We are intimidated by such a statement and a goal, and it's not just like I'm putting that out there and God's like, someday. No, Jesus says you are to be. <laughs> okay, so now I've got to step back and say, wait a minute, it's, it's not a matter for me to be intimidated by this thing. I need to hear it because I'm either gonna have to apply this or do something about it, or I'm just gonna walk away from it. We cannot ignore what God's word tells us. We can't walk around it. I mean, a lot of people are like looking in the the scriptures and they're like, wait a minute, that perfect word, there's gotta be a mistranslation in the Greek. So they wanna look up the Greek language, which if you don't know, that's the original language that it was written in, right? So we're gonna go back to the Greek and look it up and guess what? Same. (laughs) Same. Uh-oh, it wasn't lost in translation. It actually says what it's supposed to say. We'd rather have it have been different, but it's not what it's, it's what it says. So now I'm like, okay, God, you tell me this. Jesus, you said this to us. In my flesh, I look and say, unattainable, unreachable, impossible, why bother? And so I step away. The problem is, is we begin to see self instead of God. As soon as I hear something like that, I begin to look at self, Dave, who I have been, who I see myself as a history of, and what I see around me and the messages that I've heard from the enemy. Ha! You? Not hardly. You know, all that stuff. And what God's trying to get us to do in this whole relationship with Him is begin to see things through Him, not through self. And when we begin to see things through him, things will look differently because they are different in our relationship with him and what he's done in us. So when the disciples are talking to Jesus and Jesus is talking to them about heaven and who's gonna make it and who's not, and they're like, whoa, dude, that's like heavy. And Jesus gives this response in, in Matthew 19. He looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything's possible do you believe that church do you believe with God everything's possible that means you can live holy and you can be perfect as your father in heaven is right I mean if everything's possible with God that means even you can be holy all right well accept it let's begin to believe what God says to us because Jesus is telling us wait a minute Humanly speaking, yes. See, humanly speaking, we put parameters on self because I know me. But he's like, you gotta stop looking at self and know who God is. And when you begin to see who God is, you'll see self differently because God sees self differently than we do. And what he said is, it's possible. We believe that truth, right? We do believe that everything's possible with God. So if God says it, then it can happen. So we ask God, in the scriptures now, we're reading Colossians one, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay, I need to know your will. I need wisdom and I need understanding. Keep reading. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Oh, I'm a little bit relieved right now. I don't know about you, but I'm like, oh, I can breathe a little bit. Oh, I'm not like performing for God. I'm living with God and God is leading the way. See, when it's on me and I begin to project on self and how I'm going to perform for God, I am like set up for absolute failure. But when he tells me, look, you need to stop for a second and get complete knowledge of his will. You know, his will is that we're all living a holy life, right? You know that we've read it in the word of God. So now we have the knowledge of what God's will is for us. We read this scripture last week. We revisited it again real quickly in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us wow okay so here's the thing we got to start thinking with god's brain and not ours and god reveals his thoughts to us by the holy spirit so you understand what we're learning is god's will is that i live holy god says i'm putting something inside of you because you can't do it your flesh will fail you every time So I'm putting a deposit of myself in you, the Holy Spirit, who is God, to live in you. And when the Holy Spirit is in you, he's gonna reveal this knowledge to you. You're gonna start to understand stuff and you're gonna begin to live by God's power and opinion and thoughts, not your own. And when you do that, you're actually living holy. So God's revealed his will to us and we know what it is and now let's go back to Colossians for a second. We're going to reread that verse because we've got to go further. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Oh, so... The reason why Jesus said that we're born again when we enter into relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, like he said in in John chapter three when he was talking to one of the teachers of the law, the religious people in John three, Nicodemus, he's talking to the dude and he's like, no, you gotta be born again if you wanna go to heaven. And he's like, wait a minute, I, I can't go back in my mother's womb. He goes, no, you gotta be born of the water and the spirit. He said, this is a new birth. It's a new you, there's a new life beginning. And so as we put this all together and understand that when you and I came to God and entered into relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, God deposits the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're born again. We're beginning to live a new life. Prior to that moment, Dave was in charge of the world and everything in it to himself. I was in charge of nothing, but in myself I was. Now I'm learning to know God better and better and I'm walking with him and I'm starting to understand there's a maturation process that God is leading me in as I get to know him better he is revealing who he is to me and I am seeing him for who he is and what he says and in that process then I'm getting to know God better and better right that's what the word of God says so as I grow and learn to know God better and better I am becoming more like Christ, and therefore I appear more holy all the while. Right? Because all of us know as we look at someone that's walked with God for a longer period of time than us, or they're more mature in their faith, we look at them and say, That's what a holy life looks like. And then we feel like, Oh, I don't measure up to that. Stop looking at people. Listen to what God says to us. It's so important for us to hear this, church, because you see, as we look at this and we see that process of growing and maturing in him, as we mature more and more and we become more Christ-like, we become, in the the sense, more holy to the world around us. But God didn't say that you are becoming, in appearance to me, more holy. He says, you are my holy people. Therefore, when you said yes to Jesus, through God's eyes you are seen, and I am seen as holy. All right? So we're not waiting for something. God's saying it is. Now, as I live that holy life, I'm getting to know him better, and I'm like, whoa, that isn't holy in my life. That needs to go. Because this is who God is. And what that is does not reflect who he is. Therefore, it doesn't reflect who I am. And now I leave that aside. You see, that's living a holy life. But see, when we look around at other people and we see them, we see the stuff they haven't given up yet, but guess what? The Holy Spirit hasn't said something to them about that yet. And so we're looking at them saying, you're not holy because you do this, you have that, you act like that, you do this, you talk like that, so therefore you're not holy. But we don't even have any idea where they are in their walk with God because they may not know God better and better as much as you do. Follow me? Stay with me. Here we go, look. When a baby is born, it's fully human. But it doesn't know anything except it's hungry, it's uncomfortable, it's tired. That's it. That's all it knows. Okay, so we're born again. Jesus says you are born again. Now you're a baby. You don't know nothing. (laughs) It's okay. That doesn't mean you're not saved. And God says you're holy. And you've done nothing to prove your holiness. God's done it all. Isn't that awesome? That is so amazing. So think about it now. Then that baby matures, and it becomes a toddler. And it didn't say, I'm going to be a toddler today. No, we look at it and say, you're a toddler. You're no longer a baby. You're not an infant anymore. Now you're a toddler. How do we know that? Because now it's standing up. It, I'm sorry, the little child is up. Um, <laughs> walking around, you know, grabbing on to stuff, and pretty soon it's walking around, and we're like, now it's a toddler, because it toddles around, right? <laughs> okay, and then we're like, okay, it steps out of the toddler stage into childhood, yep. and as we look at child, we no longer like, if, I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. I hope you understand that. I know some people have physical issues, but I'm saying as a child develops, it's funny how nervous parents are, you know, we're looking at the scales to make sure they're staying in their range of maturity and development so if you have like a 10 year old kid and they're still trying to toddle around the living room you're probably going to go to the doctor and say what's wrong Uh right because we think like it's there's a time that it should be past this okay there's a lot of that happening in the church today where a lot of christians are like still toddling around and it's like why are we doing this man Why haven't we matured and grown? And it's partially because we're not exposing ourselves to the truth. The churches aren't teaching truth and we have not like sought God to know the full truth. We've only wanted to know our truth. Like I said, I wanna be comfortable with what I know about God because I wanna be comfortable about myself and therefore I'd rather stay in the happy verses than the challenging ones. (laughs) I mean, why would I wanna know that God loves me? That's awesome, I wanna stay right there. Well, guess what? He says, I discipline those I love. I'm like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) I thought you loved me. He says, I love you enough, I'm going to whoop you right now. (laughs) We don't want to hear that. I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. You love me. I'm your kid. I'm your boy. Yes, you are. Come over here. (laughs) Okay, so now let's just go to this. Now, as we mature, from that infancy to toddler to child to teen to adult. Um, My great-nephew Phelan, I just want to share this with you because it was so awesome coming up a five-year-old kid. We can learn a lot from children, and I have no idea how it came up. We were talking about, you know, like growing up, and he's like, you know, we're babies, and if you know Phelan, he's hilarious. He's like, he's an animated dude. He's crazy funny. Um, He's like, you know, you're like, you're a baby, then you're in a toddler, then you're a child, then you're a teenager, and then you become human. <laughs> that was literally what he said to us. Nobody coached him or nothing. He was like saying it. So, man, I was like, dude, there is so much wisdom in that. You have no idea. you know. So as I look at that, and if you're not 20 yet, you're not human. I keep reminding certain people around here about that. But anyway, I'm looking at the scriptures, and this is what it's telling us. See, we, ha- we don't have the same expectations for All the stages of life, do we? That would be be crazy. I'm like doing this, and I'm saying like, you know, you should, you should stand up and get walking. I'm talking to an infant. Pick up after yourself. Go in there and change your own diaper. Come on, get it together, man. That would be ridiculous. But a lot of times we project that on other people around us in the church, like, or we tell them. Oh, you're saved now. Therefore, now you should be doing this, 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 this. And you need to not do this, 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 and this. And we're like, you need to grow up right now. Oh, so the word of God actually says that as we get to know God better and better, God is doing something and revealing himself to us. And we're maturing in that process. But at every point, God sees us holy. Please know that. Just like a human being is a human being from conception, We are holy from the moment we are forgiven. Oh man, it just took the weight off. It should. You should be able to relax for just a second. Go back to the scriptures again in Colossians. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you have all the endurance and patience you need may you be filled with joy always thanking the father he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people did you hear that he has enabled you that's all god you're not supposed to produce holiness you can't neither can i God has enabled us. How? Through the power of Holy Spirit that is within us, that God deposited in us and said, come on, we're gonna live different now. We're gonna walk this road. You're not gonna be what you were. I'm gonna transform you because I will enable you to become something you can't on your own. Oh, thank you, God. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins amen, amen. Yeah, that is awesome <laughs> Woo, man so i didn't climb out of the kingdom of darkness i didn't live good enough to escape the darkness none of it what god says is he transferred us Man, it's like an act of God. He just took me and picked me up by my hair and said, no longer. Now you're here. And now I'm living in the light. And now I'm like, wow, I need to know you better. I need to know you because what you have done already is crazy amazing. I want to know you more. And I want to know what all you have for me. Do you want to know everything he has for you? I mean, it's like, man, God wants to do some incredible stuff in you. I'm so blessed, man. He's so awesome. You see, when we look in the scriptures and he says he himself has enabled us to share in this, God enables our growth. He enables our learning. He enables our maturation. He enables us to follow. You follow that? You get what I'm saying? Like it's the Holy Spirit inside of us. So here's what's happening as we mature. We're no longer believing or living according to Dave. I am beginning to live a new life. Now as I'm maturing, what I'm doing is I'm beginning to tune into what God says instead of what I say, instead of what the world says, instead of what people say. Now I'm learning to know what God says, and God's enabling me to hear that if I listen. I've gotta listen. And I gotta follow, and I gotta obey. So let's go back to the scripture that I referenced about being perfect. Because everyone says, well, I'm not perfect. I said, how's your walk with God? Well, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. That's a patent answer by a lot of people. So just slow down because Jesus said you gotta be perfect. So stop saying that. (laughs) All right, so what is it that we're doing? Stop trying and surrender. Oh, okay. So what we need to do is we make sure that as we look at what God's word says, we know the full context of what's being told to us because that verse alone when I said in the very beginning, but you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, it's like that's a freak out verse, and it is. So we got to look at what is Jesus talking about, because I need to know what he means by that, because I'm not God, and I'm not like God, I'm Dave. So what is he saying in that? Well, it's a good idea to go back and read the scriptures in Matthew 5, 43 through 48. This is Jesus talking Remember now, when Jesus is teaching, he's saying, like, I'm here to let you know the truth. I'm bringing enlightenment to us, right? So here you go. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I'm going to pause there for a second, because that's not God's law, in case you didn't know. (laughs) All right? What that is, is a development of the humans that were in charge of teaching scripture to people the scribes, the Pharisees, the leaders, right? So there were a bunch of laws that were manipulated and changed, but what God actually said to what they applied it to be. So here's Jesus standing up in the midst of all these people that thought these things were truth. And this is what he says. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, So we're going to slow down for a second because now that we have a context for what that says to us, let's put it in real life. So the perfection that Jesus is referencing about living like God is living in love for your neighbor, loving your enemies, and praying for those that do you wrong. Can you do that? Through the Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, can you do that? See then that's living like God and that's what he's talking about. So we're going to pause there for a second because you see when we only hear the perfect word that I mean that word perfect you know just like we do holy we kind of go into brain freeze. So I got to step back from the word and don't let it intimidate me and let's look at what God says to me because Through God's grace, I can love you all. (laughs) I can do that, right? It's attainable. It is, it really is. I can even love people in the world because you see when I'm growing in God and I begin to see people, he shows me how he sees them. And when I see them how he sees them, they're a lot easier to love because I see that they're broken like I was broken. And when I see That they were broken and they're acting out of their brokenness, I can actually pray for them even when they do the wrong things to me. That's what God's talking about. He's like, do you understand that I've loved you all along? You do know that, right? It's like God has always loved us. He doesn't love what we've done. He loves us, Uh and in that love, He is calling us to be able to live a new life through Him, and so Jesus is there interceding before the throne for us and for all humanity. And the Holy Spirit's out there calling everyone saying, Come to God, come to God, come to God. <laughs> and he's calling to me and he's saying, Be like God. Dave, yep, that person's a jerk, so what? I'm asking you to love them. Have you ever been a jerk to someone? <sighs> Not me. <laughs> have you ever been hard to love have you ever abused or hurt someone of course are you kidding Then he's like okay then look i love you and forgive you will you do that for them see now when i put that into the context of what actually jesus is teaching us i'm like i get it i get what you're saying about being like the father being like God, being like that, being perfect, is loving people where they are, praying for them to get out of where they are in a good way, and forgiving them. That's living, guess what? That's living holy. Church, that's attainable, but it's only attainable by the Holy Spirit's presence, right? Okay, now, in the Lord's prayer, as he was teaching, and as we see that, that context of what it says to us, it says forgive as we forgive, right? Forgive others as we forgive, God forgive me like I forgive everyone else. Do you know that God says that he's going to hold us to the same standard we hold everyone else to? You do know that scripture, right? I mean, I don't have that written down, but I'll get it for you. All right, here's the thing, like when we're looking across our, we're looking through our holy lenses, let's say it that way, and we see someone that is less holy than we think they ought to be and we don't know anything about them except the fact that they are right now looking unholy and we're like yeah you know here's where you need to be and you're not God like takes out the little notebook and says Dave here's the standard you have to be this high to be holy (laughs) right? you follow me? This is God talking. And so then when I go before God and he's like, you know, you were, you were holding everybody to this standard right here, not my standard, your standard. You put this standard on people that you need to live here. And he's like, come here, let me put you up against that and see where you're at. And it's like, oh, a <laughs> little short. Come on, man. You see, this is what God's talking to us about. He's saying like, love them where they are. Forgive them where they are. Pray for them where they are so these aren't suggestions in scriptures you know it doesn't say hey y'all try to live holy (laughs) try to be perfect like your father in heaven no it doesn't say that it says be and therefore if God says be then God says I will and if God says he will then we need to let go and let him and we got to stop trying because our trying is what screws everything up it's surrender it's all about surrender God is calling us to mature into Christ-likeness in every area of our life. So I have a whole lot more, I did the same thing in the last service, I have a whole lot more uh, notes than time, and so I'm not going through them, but I want us to see something here and then give one last thing to talk about. The Christian life is a life of love and forgiveness, right? And that life is only possible through and by the power of God, which is the Holy Spirit in me and you. So as we look at God's word, Jesus said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Now, he's not talking about us living holy. He's talking about heaven and who's making it and all the things that he talked about to the disciples. But what he's saying in the context of that is there's a human element and it's impossible, but there's a God element and he has no boundaries. So what he's trying to get us to do is to see the God part, not the self part, not the human part, the God part. The God part is the Holy Spirit in me and you. So I did share this with you before. I understand that, but it fits into what we're talking about because you see, I can forgive people, but not love them. And I can check the box, like, just like my goals in the beginning. I can say, yep, yeah, I've done that. You're forgiven. But at the same time that I can say, I forgive you, I cannot want to be around you. I cannot like you. I can avoid you and think bad things about you, but I can say I've forgiven you. But I can't say I love you. And that's why it's so important that both of those things that God's word tells us are together. So as I've shared with you about my father in the past and the fact that, you know, I forgave him and God brought me to a place of forgiveness. My father wasn't, uh, he wasn't on, horrible person. I don't want to project him wrong, but in my eyes he was. But see, that was me doing that. Now, I didn't like things that he did, the way he acted, what he said to me, a lot of that other stuff. You know what I mean? Like so, but I put him to the standard of despise in me. I didn't like him. I didn't look at him like the guy that was left to raise himself I didn't see him as the guy that was a fully mature man before he found Jesus I didn't see him as this the person that he was I saw him as my failed father yeah. okay so in the process of my maturation and getting to know God better God's like hey what about this about your dad and I'm like what about that and he's like you need to forgive him I'm like okay God you tell me to forgive him I forgive him and he lived like 2,000 miles away so it was pretty easy It was like, forgiven, forgotten, not part of my life, don't care. I mean that literally inside of me, that's kind of like the way the process went, right? It's like, whatever. Call him, tell him I love him every time I talk to him because he was my father and I had an element of love for him. I did not love him with the love that God talks about. I know that. I didn't know that because I always said I love you. Y'all know I say it a lot. I say it to all you guys. I just say, hey, I love you. I mean that when I say it. But the depth of God's love, I was not there, and I didn't know that. So as I navigated through my walk with God and my dealing with my issues about my father, I hope you heard that right, my issues about my father, God dealt with Dave. Then I'd forgive him, I'd forgive him, I'd forgive him, and he'd say, what about this? And like, really? I thought we were done with him. I forgive him. You know, and going on. And then Justin, our worship leader, and I went, to kansas to visit my brother and my parents lived there at the time um and we were there and justin said hey pastor dave you know you don't look at your dad i told you guys this before but it's important i say it now um he said you don't look at your dad when you talk to him and i was like inside of myself i was like "You're crazy of course i do you know like you know how you justify things inside of yourself and it was like i didn't even know that thought never went through my mind because I did talk to my dad, and so when I was thinking about it, I went in, you know, it was evening, I was at the dinner table, and we were just about ready to crash at the night, so I was laying in bed in there, and I'm like, Lord, what is going on with that? What, I mean, I don't think that's true. I don't look at him. What is that? And God began to deal with me, and I was thinking, like, you know, I made excuses, like, well, you know, I've always had a little bit of that, um, introvertedness. I don't like looking at people's eyes. I have all kinds of excuses, you know. (laughs) Uh, There maybe was something on the floor that I was looking at when I happened to be talking to my dad, whatever. I had it all going on, but then God was like, Dave, do you love him? And I'm like, of course I love him. He's my dad. Tell him I love him all the time. He's like, do you love him, Dave? And I'm like, all right. You know, as he leads, you know, we go to the point. It's like, okay, God, what is the deal, man? He said, do you love him? Do you really love him? And I was, in that moment, for for real, now I want you to hear this, like, I didn't know I didn't love my dad. I thought I did, but I didn't love him like God was talking about love, like what he talks about right here, to love your enemies and pray for them. I sat there in my bed crying and like, God, I don't know how. Because, I don't like him. (laughs) And that wasn't the issue. It was the issue in my heart that I needed to love him like God loved him. And so as God began to deal with me and rip that stuff away from me, I like let go of that. And I'm like, God, I don't know what happened or what's going on there, but I want to love him like you. Help me. And when we went out the next day, I mean, the next morning came and I went out and that evening came as the first time I saw my dad again and I remember looking across that table and I said words to my father looking at him in his eyes and it was intentional on my part to look him square in the eyes when I looked at him. God like, I can't explain it to you man. All I can tell you is that I saw my dad in a way that I'd never seen him before. What I saw was this frail like human being in need of love. See, before he represented something that I just... Anyway. And I saw him like God saw him. And I can tell you that right then the Holy Spirit flooded me with love for that man who was my father. Who I looked across the table at and was like, wow, man. God loves him, and now I do, and I could look him square in the eyes and talk to him and not have any remorse or feelings of crazy, stupid stuff or anything. It was just looking right in his eyes and saying like, I love you, and the thing that happened was God showed me him in a good way. I'm not saying his all screwed upness. I'm saying he showed me in his broken, perfected human, that I was holding the standard to saying, you didn't measure up here, 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 you don't measure up. And I held that against him. And God was like, you need to love him. And now I began to love my father and began to pray for him. And God, I pray that you would bless, I mean this in a good way, I'm saying like, God bless him, open his heart up to you in new and profound ways. I, I could actually pray for my father in a way that was like the heart of God. <laughs> And it was because of what Jesus said for us to do, to love and to pray and to do good to those that don't do good to you. It's amazing. When we do stuff God's way, see, that's holy living. Now, I I haven't arrived. Don't misunderstand me. I had another encounter about forgiving my dad again, even after that, you know, like, God's like, what about this? And I'm like, oh. I already love him. Is that not enough? (laughs) All right. But we won't go there for today. All right. (laughs) So again, please hear me. You see, it's that maturation process of getting to know better and better, God better and better, and God making Dave surrender away and Jesus to be seen in me. So now as I was growing, that was an element of maturation where I stopped toddling around my father and I began to grow up and mature as a man of God. Right? Right? So I'm saying it's those steps that we take in that maturation that God is leading us in. So where are you right now in that process of God? I can tell you that God has seen you as holy from the day you said yes to Jesus. But God at the same time is calling us to know him better so that we're not all a bunch of toddlers bumping into each other and trying to get toys out of each other's hands. He's called us to mature and to grow up and to be holy. Church, are you living with intentionality that holiness that God has called you into? Never too late. I'm skipping like 20 screens. I have no idea what I was thinking when I put this together. Well, I was was praying, but obviously God has a lot to talk to me about this. (laughs) And I'm not gonna drag you through it. And you are welcome for that. Would you stand with me? Have you received God's gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? Have you received that? That's good news, right? And if you haven't, you need to today. So now the question is are you surrendered to the Holy Spirit and maturing in your faith today? I'm not talking about do you measure up to everyone else's standard? You follow me? This is not what God's asking. God's saying, are you fully surrendered to what I'm asking of you today? Because God's not trying to project you somewhere else that you're not. He's trying to lead you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And so that is by surrender, to know him better. What is he saying to you right now? Are you loving and forgiving like Jesus? way he taught us. See, that's holiness. That's living holy. That's being perfect like your father so you can own that if you're doing it and if you're not isn't it good that we can just repent and say oh god i'm sorry thanks for bringing that to my face and you are welcome holy spirit's good isn't he the altar's open if you want to come to god come and talk to him about it if you don't i mean if you already have i mean if you don't you can go out the back door too i mean you're going to do both eventually so here's the deal we're done We need to deal with this the way God wants us to. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for the promise of your word, the declaration of your truth, who you are and you, Holy Spirit, how you do what you do inside of us that we can't do for ourselves. Holy Spirit, convict us where we need conviction and draw us close to you. Church, this altar is open. Please, take advantage of the moment with God right now. God bless you and thanks for being here today. You're dismissed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, God.